Do you want to know the secret to success? Welcome to RulesForSuccess.com, a platform that unites the accomplished and the ambitious. This is where successful entrepreneurs reveal their winning strategies, their profound wisdom, and their practical guidance. Whether you are a pioneering entrepreneur, a determined business leader, or simply someone who craves success, RulesForSuccess.com is the podcast designed for you. We're here to arm you with the invaluable knowledge of individuals who have paved their own path to success. And now let's get into the show with dynamic host, Joseph Varghese. So welcome everyone, Joseph Varghese here with my friend, Chris Nielsen. We're about to record locally as well also, and we are. So welcome, Chris. How are you, brother, today? Thank you. Thank you, Joseph. It's great to be with you here. Yes, indeed. Yeah, you are in Surprise, Arizona. Is that correct? I am, and it's not a surprise to me, but maybe a surprise to other people. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I love it. I, I didn't realize a place of that sort existed, and uh, that's 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 pretty that's pretty awesome. Um, well, you and I connected in recent weeks, and you are passionate about improv, and you lead experiential trainings. We know we know a lot of the same people too, as well. So I, I requested you to be on this podcast. This podcast is called Rules for Success. Rulesforsuccess.com. We'll have this podcast, we'll have access to this, um, the video as well as the mind map summary of this, of this podcast. I'm excited about it um, because uh, improv is something that changed my life. I used to be a very left brain engineer, very like thinking 10, 20 steps ahead, just the nature of the work I was doing, the stuff I was involved with and being trained as an engineer. When I did improv about uh, 20, 18, 19 years ago, when I got into it, it just completely shifted my reality. And you're not only you're passionate about it, but you're also trained speakers on how to be exceptional doing improv. Um, so tell us about yourself. So tell us about your journey. Like what brought you here? What got you into the path of becoming a speaker, becoming an experiential trainer and also improv? Thank you. It's an honor to be with you, Joseph. And thank you for the invitation. Uh, I Like you said, improv changed my life. And oftentimes when I start a talk with people, uh, two words changed my life. And those two words were yes and. Mm. And I, I say that in the way because I was a no but kind of person. Uh, and I oftentimes slap my butt and say, <laughs> yes, I do have a but. But um, when you would share a brilliant idea, oftentimes I'd say, no, but I got a better idea. Mm. And I thought I was actually serving the situation. It was a huge blind spot for me. Mm. I was actually constantly disconnecting from people. And now I've luckily get my reflection in rooms full of people, uh, not this year, but in the past, mm. I ask, raise your hand if you like someone that says no but to you, you know, 500 people in the room, maybe one person raises their hand. Okay, so someone liked me still, but I upset 499 people. Mm. Mm. And, and I didn't know it because I did want to connect. I did want to make a difference. But yes, and and that program is still working. It's pretty strong in me now to say yes, and but occasionally that no but pops up again but it's much weaker than it used to be. And yes, and it's connecting, it's collaborative, it's energy tends to go up versus stopping cold or going down. So that's why I say it made such a difference. And my journey here really was, I was a pretty successful real estate investor and mortgage broker in sales and just felt like something was missing. You know, I started speaking there I started with, you know, my friend Clinton Swain way back then, and we did some experiential training together and things like that. And one day, just with him, we played the game called, he calls it the change game at mm -hmm. Frontier Trainings. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. And my friend said, you know, Chris, that's an improv game. And at the time, this was about 10 plus years ago. I said, well, what's an improv game? <laughs> wow. I, I didn't even know 10 years ago. 
And from then I went to a class and that first class was almost my last class because I had such a negative voice in my head. Right. But I survived that class and eventually it became so much fun. Almost as fun as basketball or actually maybe even more fun than basketball sometimes. Improv is so much fun. Awesome. I oh, love yeah, it. Yeah. So, so like the last 11, 10, 11 years, you really got deeper into that work. Absolutely. Before that, you were in real estate. Awesome. That's fantastic. And, and it is so great being able to say yes, Santa, to the world as far as, um, as you mentioned, like, like creating progress, like really um, collaboration, like, like all the things that, um, that are needed during this unique time, it's unique, unique time period with COVID and so forth, being able to collaborate and people that connect deeply and virtually to the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And Clint, so Clinton and I connected, I think back in 2005 and I, he came to New York the following year, Clinton Swain. So he does experiential trainings, Frontier is his company. And Frontier trainings. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. So he, he was also one of your mentors as well over the years, way back. Friend, uh, mentor, wonderful human being. So it's a, you know, he's been a great influence on my life. Awesome. And you were at his wedding as I understand it. I was. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. It's very, very great. Well, well, how did like, so improv shifted everything for me, really the whole nature of yes and like finding ways to add value to the table, right? And I think it's like such a critical, essential part of like life, just being able to do that in any and every situation. Um, I shared recently that I did a musical theater improv class a year ago, which someone in my community gifted me. And that was a game changer last year through COVID and COVID now because it gives me the opportunity of doing yes anding with my daughter continually and bringing music and bringing song and dance and all those things um, together in a way that makes her happy, makes me happy on a daily basis. We would basically, a year ago, we did a immersive class where we would create a musical and uh, yes, and all the way through that musical. Um, and it was like the most extraordinary humbling experience to be able to do that with, with a troop of people. Now you, have the ability now like how does this integrate into speaking so a lot of speakers when they get up on stage it's usually like a memorized speech right like or something that they put together or mapped in advance like down to a t which they've rehearsed over and over again what's your take on that like how do you help speakers um like step into their voice into their power and integrate improv at the same time I love the question and all kinds of things are coming to me from your particular question. Improv is freeing. Hmm. It is. Uh, and here's what I get when I teach speakers. Fear kind of is the plus side, getting rid of the fear, having more fun. And I went from fear to fun as a speaker myself. Um, so what I talk about is the fear of memorizing is really scary for most people. There's the, those amazing speakers out there and I give you all the credit in the world. They can memorize something perfectly. Hmm. But if you try to memorize it and you still have that fear negative voice in your head, and when you miss just one word, your mind goes, you've missed something yeah. and you've pulled you out of the present moment. So for me, delivering the same speech and stories again would be really boring for me. I love the excitement and danger and tightrope walking of doing improv. And one of the principles I share, and I actually do a whole keynote on it, is called Dare to Suck. And Jackie Lowell said to me, my improv teacher was about five foot tall and shrinking. And she was my improv Jedi master. Awesome. And she said, Chris, the secret to success in improv in life is daring to suck. And when she said that, I said, no, thank you. No, I can't be it. Please <laughs> let that not be it. Because I had a really critical mind. Yeah. 
And, but it turns out it is. And uh, I finally owned it and can be present while I do improv versus thinking ahead and thinking ahead. And when you're present in the moment, fear disappears. It feels awesome. And when you create together with your audience, with your people, whether it's a, a game, an experiential game or a process or something we play together, like we create a story together, there's creative energy in the room and the room feels amazing. Yeah, people feel engaged and live in because they're in the moment, they're actually participating fully as well in that. Absolutely. And the freedom as a speaker, you know, all these interruptions that throw people off, they're yep. just gifts. When you think of them as, oh, they threw you a gift. The cell phone went off and played a cool song that you get to dance to. They're talking <laughs> to someone and ignoring you. you. go, I guess that's really important. We should listen in or whatever you want to play with uh, there. It's instead of making resisting life, it's actually saying yes and in flowing with life. And yeah. life is on the stage as well. And, and I love asking this question for anyone. Who has got your script today? Mm. Anyone got their script where they're going to speak mm. it out? Life is improv. And yeah. if you learn from the masters that have made it fun, oh my gosh, life can open up in so many different ways, as well as your speaking skills. Right. I love that. Life is improv. Basically taking that, applying it to all areas of life, on stage, performance, you name it. Love yeah. It. And like you said, with your kids, if you improv with your kids, I teach a game called New Choice and I warn parents, it's one of the most amazing opening up games as well. CEOs love it as well. If you play this game with your kids, just beware, they're going to New Choice you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. before you do it, be ready to be challenged. Only play with your kids if you're ready to be challenged by your kids and then use that as a positive gift. Well, how does New Choice go then? Like, what's, what are the, what's the, what's the game? Like, I'm curious. <laughs> I, I love it. So I give you the version of it. So I, um, I'll do both sides of it, like three little pigs. Once upon a time, there were three little pigs. New Choice. There were five little pigs. New Choice. Hmm. There was one lonely little pig and that one lonely little pig wanted to leave home. New Choice. Didn't want to leave home and was hanging onto the furniture. <laughs> His mom and dad threw him out of the house. Uh, new Choice. His mom and dad gently sent him out into the world. And so it's basically getting New Choice and that point it's your signal to change an element of the story. And the story goes to a place you would never imagine. Like, um, why yeah. not? Yeah, so it's, it's just that's awesome. The first time I played it was hmm. scary. The second time I played it, I have like a glimpse of a little spark of creativity. And the third time, oh my gosh, I felt so expansive. It felt so good. I love I've been it. hooked on that game ever since. It's a great game. It's a great yeah. game. And particularly because it, it pushes you to like be uncomfortable and expand your mindset and kind of shift in different directions. And uh, that's pretty cool. I, I get it. I get it. And, and now, now I use it as coaching tool in many ways. And what I get from, from people, I say, you can new choice yourself. Like if you're having a bad attitude or something, new choice, Chris. Um, well, I don't want to make a new choice, new choice. Okay. I'll, I'll improve my, I'll look for the positive things in life. And so you've made that choice. And like, that's why I say, be careful if you use it with your kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're, we're going, we're going to, to study <laughs> new choice, dad. <laughs> because they're going to use it on you now at the same they're time they're going to use it on they, you yeah and they're going to they're going to love it um but you better be open and willing to um follow new choices oh, awesome and i love games and games are everything and in success circles the community i lead and this podcast will go on there our tagline our subheadline is dare to play a bigger game recognizing that today's a game tomorrow's a game make tomorrow's game better than today's game 
you learn the lessons from the game. You start the day with a huddle. Every game has a huddle. So I, I love games for multitude of reasons because life to me can be a fun game. We're in Q1 now, 2021, for example, it's a fun game. And when games can be seen as fun, when you can kind of play, like you just really go out and play fully, um, it just makes all the difference. It's just less attachment. And, and stressors come when people are, are attached, even like an improv where you're so attached to something being a certain way, it can cause a bit of stress. But when you're like in the moment, be willing to respond to what life throws at you sometimes. And sometimes life doesn't throw at you, throw you the greatest, the greatest things, the funnest things. It's just yes, yes, ending it. So that's awesome that you actually teach that. This is integral into what you do. Well, talk to us. What is, uh, what well, is, there's so much wisdom in what you just shared there, though. I want to touch on that Please, just yeah. for a second. Yeah. For when you make life a game, you've reframed life into something to play at. Yes. Because we don't work at a game usually. It's usually something you get to play at. Just that reframing is so powerful that you just did there as well. And then I like you what you said about attachment. Yes. Um, improv teaches you to let, and it's taught me over and over again to let go of my attachments yeah. because yes and means really to affirm and add to it. So you might have this idea in your head, like just say a simple scene, we're at a grocery store and we're, we're picking out stuff for tonight to eat to din dinner. And someone else, I say, yeah, we're at the grocery store. And, and now my idea is we're shopping. And my partner says instead, yeah, we've been working here for 10 years. So we're have that dreams of going big, you know, our, our virtual business going big. I have to let go immediately of what I thought we were going to go and follow that path. So it's you're constantly letting go, constantly letting go and creating together and setting each other up to succeed. Yes. So it's it's powerful in the ways you just talked about. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's a key too, like really being willing to set each other up to succeed. Um, like not making each other wrong, just really adding value into the equation and absolutely. And like doing things and experiences is fantastic. I got present to some of the work I do with our county partnerships. It's about, it's an experience. It's like a two week experience where people are set together as buddies, but it's an experience. And like you create experiences for organizations, for people. And when you can do that, something in unison with two or more people, it's something that's memorable. And I know Clinton talks about this too, also with his work, because it's highly experiential. People remember experiences. They, you know, they don't, they forget books, they forget seminars or programs that they attended, but it's the experiences, the simplest things that where they're able to grasp onto a lesson or um, have a certain mind shift, engaging with someone in experience that those are the things that stay with us for years, decades for our lives at times. I so agree with you. That's why I got into doing what I do. I wanted to do what worked, what served an audience, what helped lift them up to whatever made a difference. And I've read so many good books and then got, this is going to change my life. <laughs> and then I look back 30 days later and go, what was that book I read? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you can give people an experience, you can change. They can, they then have the power to make the new choice in their life if they want and make that change. It's like one of the experiences I wanted to do is I call connection a compass question hmm. um, that leads to better for leaders, better for relationships. And the simple question is this, are you connecting or disconnecting? Connecting or hmm. disconnecting? And one of the, I thought, how can I create an experience? Clinton now has three, four day, five day trainings. Hmm. I like to give an experience as fast as I possibly can. And yeah. so I thought, how can I give this experience to people? And I went to the opposite. And what I do with groups, and I've done it with all kinds of groups, from CEOs to 
teams at Microsoft to other uh, groups out there. I asked them to please stand up. Thank you for standing up and go uh, look at your neighbor, give them a high five and other times when we could do that uh, or smile at your neighbor in these times. And then I say, sit down. <laughs> and then I want, and if it's on Zoom, I go type in the chat how you feel about me right now, no filters um, or come off mute. Or if it's in a room, tell me how you feel right now. And I usually get jerk a-hole, all these stuff coming. I go, bring it on. I go, I appreciate that. Yes. What did I do with you there? I disconnected from you. And right. actually there's part of me that doesn't want to do that exercise. Right. Because I know I'm disconnecting from you. Yep. Because now I got to win back your connection. Mm. What I hope mm. I gave you there is a gift mm. that you now feel it in your body, what mm. disconnection feels like for you. Mm. And you can look at your life and go, how am I disconnecting from the people I care about? Wow. How, how am I disconnecting from the people at work? Because what I tell the leaders is, when your people are disconnected from you, they are doing the bare minimum sometimes. Sometimes they're acti actively sabotaging. Sometimes they're doing nothing. Sometimes, you know, they're not doing, but if, you got, if you're connected to them, they'll yeah. go the extra mile or even 10 miles, even when you're not looking. So if you just figure out connection, as a leader, whether it's a leader in your family, a leader in your organization, a leader, if you're the CEO of a big company, if you figure out connection, you're going to increase engagement, productivity, creativity, collaboration. All those good things are going to happen just by figuring out connection. So what are people's concerns with that, being connected? Any concerns as far as being connected all the time? Or like, how do you frame that in such a way where they're able to make what they're involved with into an experience that extends, like let's say or an organization. So it's awesome that you, you, you've gone to Microsoft and other organizations with these trainings. How do you support, I guess, these teams to, after you leave, to stay engaged, to stay connected, to work, to collaborate? Like, what do you offer them that allows them to, to do that? Well, one of the things I love to do, and I want to change cultures of organizations with, with improv, and you're right. So improv actually creates connections. Yes, and creates connection. I had read a study about a couple of psychologists that said the most uh, dangerous word in the world is no. Mm. And, mm. and they put people for the study, they put people in an fMRI scanner and mm. just flashed the word no, just for a split second. Mm. And what they found is about a dozen stress producing chemicals were produced in the body, mm. fight, flight, mm. or freeze. Um, happen and what happens there is the blood flows from the thinking part of your brain to the primitive part of your brain mm. and that you really can't make a connection when you're like that mm. unless maybe someone then is you know protecting you in that fight fight or fleas but they're not talking to you rational or whatever they're in protection mode of you mm. so when when you go into that it, it's a, a huge difference so how do you um, support that in organizations mm. I want to bring a culture of the play in yes and and I talk about it. Yes. And listen, I say is the number one skill in leadership communication. How do you take listening to another level? Because you have to listen to say yes. And, yes. and then I go through yeah. a few principles of it that all add to having greater connection. Yeah. But one of the simplest things you can do as a leader out there, or even, uh, even if you're not a leader connecting to your leader will benefit you too. Um, connecting to your family, you are a leader of your family. Um, They'll, they'll, you get more of what you want with less friction in it. And it's just simply asking, how do I better connect in this moment? Yeah. And, part of or, it. How am, or how am I disconnecting? Right. And you can even write down all the ways I disconnect. What could I change? Yep. And then I ask leaders like this, and then they make it like some big epiphany. 
if you want to know how to better connect with someone, ask them. <laughs> <laughs> so that just all. Yeah. How do I better connect with you? And listen, and then yeah. maybe write it down and pay attention to that. Amazing, my friend. And what what I'm what I'm when I understand out of that is that people don't listen. So some of us need to have a, a lesson in listening. And sometimes uh, we let our own blind spots get in the way of us really listening to people, our families and our work relationships and more. Totally. I mean, I talk about that. I mean, I ask them, I said, so what I do kind of a surprise into it. So I go the second, yes, and is number one of mm -hmm. improv. Mm -hmm. The number two one, I believe is the number one skill in leadership, mm -hmm. um, sales, negotiation, um, and to throw you off speaking. Okay. <laughs> what, what is that? And, and that is listening. And yeah. because when you're a great speaker, you're also listening to your audience. You're watching their listening sometimes with your eyes, mm. listening to their body language, mm. listening to the words they say. And then I'd say, how do you take listening to a whole nother level? Mm. Because most people listen at the superficial level. They have the dueling monologue going on. Mm. I'm waiting for you to stop so I can start and waiting mm. then and keep it going. People aren't listening. And I love this phrase. And I think it came from Alan Alda. He said, are you listening? And this, I took this on as a task in my life because I knew I wasn't. Are you listening with the willingness to be changed? Wow. Are you listening with the willingness to be changed? And if you're not listening with the willingness to be changed, are you really listening? And what improv did for me was like, give me a doctorate in listening. Hmm. Because to say yes and you have to listen to add something to that and because you're, you gotta let like you said earlier you gotta let go of the idea you're attached to mm. to go with what they put out there to say yes and to that and listening and then taking listening to a whole nother level is by being present yeah, yeah. and and i say what a gift yeah. would it be a gift to have people in your life that yes and you they listen to you and they're present while listening to you awesome. and most people go oh my gosh i would like everyone in my life to be like that to me and then i go flip it on them can you be that like that for someone else? Because we've Amazing. all talked about it as a gift. Amazing. Be the change you want to see in the world, essentially. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Got it. One of my mentors years ago gave me a gift. Aligns with what you just said just now. And that is um, the most adaptable person wins. The most flexible, adaptable person wins. And hence, adapting to be situations. So in my, my relations with my wife, for example, I've got to be adaptable because all these variables come forward. I mean, COVID and, and the work she's, she's involved with, which is very demanding. And just being able to adapt to those variables continually and improv, of course, provides that adaptability because we have to listen. We have to be fully, fully present to what people say, their needs, um, their emotional shifts that are happening. Kids too, there are lots of emotional shifts that happen there. And as we acknowledge... Um, it frees up something, right? It frees them. It frees them up to be, be freer, to be more connected, to feel like they're being listened to. And I find that progresses things. If you acknowledge whatever emotion, what they're feeling, it allows them to be able to shift through that emotion to what's next. And oftentimes, what's next, as you mentioned before, too, is something that's empowering, something that's positive, something that progresses things. You know, and that's really important. Well, what you said, the most, if I would agree with you, the most adaptable person I would get often wins, you know, yeah. and, and we actually, is it fun to be around someone that's just rigid with their ideas or is yeah. it more fun to flexible with their ideas? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And so improv did teach me to be much more flexible as a human being, which made me much easier to connect with as a human being and easier for me to connect with others. I could even connect to their rigidness because I knew how that felt because mm -hmm. I was 
kind of rigid in my life. I remember way back when you say, be the change you want to see in the world yeah. is I wanted the world to change so Chris Nielsen could enjoy it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and I, I think yeah. at a point in my life, I spent more time trying to change the, the different people to, so I could have a good relationship with them. And as I butted my head against the wall thousands of times doing that, I think I finally realized that you know, I need to be the change. If I want to change this relationship, I need to be the one that changes. And then the relationship changes. Incredible, Chris. Well, Chris, so has, I, I'm yeah. still a very much person in, in, uh, in work. I'm a work in progress. But just yeah. letting go and being more flexible feels so good, people. The more it you does. can let go, it feels amazing. It does. Not being attached to anything, like, like having our values or standards in life, of course, but just being able to be, as you mentioned before, maybe in other words, coachable. Like we're all actually learning. I'm learning from my kids all the time. My, 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 my two-year-old teaches me quite a bit all the time. You're, you are extremely gifted and lucky and blessed to have the mentality to let your two-year-old teach you because yeah. two-year-olds have tremendous wisdom. Yes, yes. Tremendous wisdom. If you want to be happy in life, follow and listen to the little kids mm -hmm. because they have before we've corrupted them with all our crazy ideas that make life more difficult, they know how to enjoy life. They do. They do. When I did um, improv years ago, I took a course called Linkletter Voice by Kristen Linkletter. She's one of the top voice teachers in the world. And, and I actually had a, a chance in 2007 to actually work with her directly. And what she teaches is that like two-year-olds, they speak from the diaphragm. They're so connected to their voice. And then what happens is as we get older, the onion starts getting layers and layers and layers. We start like moving up here in terms of like how we speak, how we communicate and like and up to here to our, like our chest. And like that causes stressors. It's being able to like speak from here to vocalize from here versus actually from my diaphragm. And it's just, it's just in that it's basically realizing that kids have all this wisdom and when you can connect to that child within ourselves and within ourselves, it's freeing. And then people, who connect with us, they want to build rapport with us and they mirror our behavior. So if we're talking from our diaphragm, if we're connected to our core, the people around us naturally mirroring our behavior will be more relaxed and more connected. It's like watching a movie, for example, if you were seeing the protagonist and he's all stressed out, we, we kind of stressed out and like, you know, shrink because you're watching, we're experiencing what they're feeling. Life works that same way too, as well, where we're able to connect fully with who we are in the moment be expansive and loving and be a little kid inside. You just shared another whole bunch of powerful lessons in that little chunk of wisdom that you just shared. And how I shared on stage is this, is the plus part of Speaker Skills Plus is if you're not dropping the fear, if you drop your fear, you're going to be more comfortable on stage. If you've taken improv and some of those principles on, nothing is a negative. The phone ringing is a gift, someone coughing or in, in disturbing you or the lights going completely off all those you can actually turn into a gift. And what that does to you is you relax on stage. Hmm. You become more confident on stage. You breathe like the fearless, hmm. deep. Hmm. And what hmm. I wrote, I know I've lived a lot on here, that upper chest breathing and speaking, that fearfulness. If you're relaxed on stage, you're right. We mirror each other and our audience gets to relax with us. Amazing, yeah. amazing. I, I love that, my friend. How do you how do you now teach that? How do people how do people fail forward? Let's say they're in a corporate job or they're making sales calls, they're sales trainers, let's say, or they're 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 salespeople, for example. How do you invite them to to like fail forward? How do you invite them to like to 
to like take on that mindset? Well, I teach the principles, yes, and listen, be present. And then the fourth one is make your people look great. Mm. And as an improv player, and the mm. fifth is dare to suck. Um, but underneath that really is what Google calls is the number one principle for high performing teams. And that's psychological safety. So if you don't feel safe, you're, it's going to hard, be hard for you to, to excel. And that's why I re resisted dare to suck so much at first. Mm. And even though my hero, Michael Jordan said, the reason I succeed is I failed over and over again. Yeah. You've got to create a safe place for you to, to fail. And going to sales teams, what you talked about just now, is one of the exercises I do with them. One, I create a safe place. One, you can pass on exercise. You can just say pass, and I don't want you to feel bad for that. And I tell my story that my first improv class was almost my last because how tough I was on myself. So just know this, you're doing this for the first time. And one example is we play world's worst salesperson in the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so to look at it from the opposite point of view, and the other is constant rejection. You ask for a ton of things and your audience tells you no, 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 no. And you hear no, and you just start to uh, eventually, if it really works, mm. you start to laugh at the no's. Mm. Mm. And it changes the way mm. you are processed around no. So when you get a no from someone else out there, it becomes a gift. Mm. And for mm. my sales training, I'm not the manipulate them, NLP them into doing whatever you want them to do or get them to high pressure, do it now. You can make every sales call a success if your goal is to connect as best you can. Mm -hmm. And you can turn your person on the other end of the line or the one you're standing in front of, or uh, you, if you're doing a group sales, my goal is to connect with you and add value to your life. And that doesn't mean you're gonna say yes, because yes might not be the right thing for you in this moment. It might be the best choice might be saying no. And as most good salespeople would rather have someone say an honest no than a maybe that added more time and follow-up. But just to let these things go, going no, rejection is not personal, just means they're saying no to something I presented. Yeah. Um, to yeah. take that power away and empower you to feel, um, thank you, thank you for the no. I get to move on because of that. Or thank you for that and we can turn it into a yes. Either way, in that this sales call is about me uplifting, sending good vibes into the world, uplifting the, the, the people that I connect with in a way that I add value in every single call. And in that way, every call becomes easier and the so many, recovery time becomes quicker. So many nuggets in that. And recovery time in terms of energy, right? Going from the next, into the next conversation. So energetically, we stay who we are, like unattached, being present and realizing what they just said, that no could be a gift. Right, so that's that's really awesome. Really, a lot of value, tremendous value in that. Got it. Thank you. So, one of the questions we ask our, our people, our, our, we, we interview, is um, rituals. So, what are some rituals and habits you embrace on a daily basis that allow you to be in the moment? Because part of improv is being in the moment, and like you know, I, I meditate, for example, I do some yoga in my day, I ground my day with gratitude, I journal a bit. What are some things you do to allow you to be fully in the moment, especially? on conversations, getting on stage and, you know, it's, or it's being your best self on a weekend like today. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's a wonderful question. And I think rituals can make an incredible difference. And I look and I can see some of the rituals I can certainly improve upon, but some of the rituals I do are a lot of what you just talked about. Um, I do meditate on a regular basis, even just for short moments, mm -hmm. even the simple one with the positive intelligence coaching I just started doing, just putting two fingers together, your thumb and, and anyone watching this, try it for yourself. Um, put your thumb and finger together and feel it with the attention where you can feel the fingertip ridges on both fingers. 
And just go fully into that for a moment. Just feel that going back and forth. And that can bring you present. And that you can do open eye at a meeting where you're getting triggered by someone. And you can just underneath the table, you can do, you know, your fingers. You know, how do I get more present? And, and one of the things I also say, breathe like the fearless. And that's when you do it, it feels so good. You know, there was one uh, study out there that said maybe smoking isn't addictive, but deep breath is. <laughs> so, yeah. Addicted mm -hmm. to deep breaths. And mm -hmm. if the more we breathe deep, the better we're going to feel. So I also do a little bit of meditation. I do a little bit of yoga. Um, and I ride a bike, which also has been awesome for me um, to go out for a bike ride. And I'm oh. deeply great. When I usually go to bed, my last thing I say to myself in my head is thank you for this day. Hmm. And I'm deeply appreciative of the day I've been given. And, uh, you know, so many probably other things and in, like improv brings me present. Yeah. It didn't used to, you know, I tell the story again, the first, first day I played improv, I, we were playing a game that had a, a guessing game and someone took my suggestion that I was going to say, and I learned, I need to come up with two things after that. So I was always <laughs> prepared. I was thinking, planning in the future to be ready right. for it. And right. then I finally didn't take the first year it didn't happen or the second but i had glimpses of it yeah. maybe in the third year i started to become present really present in moments and it felt so good i want more of this yeah and here's here's a big thing for me please. this changed my life please too. please yeah the reason life was so tough for me when i was wrong about this thing out here i was wrong when i was wrong, and that's why some people can't let go of their ideas why ideas are so painful you feel if you're wrong about you're so attached to your idea like it's, it's so to your skin and if someone pulls on it it's like ripping your skin away yeah and when i let go when i got excited about being wrong because i used to hate to be wrong and i know why now because when i was wrong about this i was wrong and now being wrong about this is no big deal just means it's feedback on how i can get better and i actually have reprogrammed it in a way where i like to be wrong because when I'm wrong, I get a chance to learn and grow. Amazing. And that was like taking Amazing. a 200 pound backpack off yep. and leaving it on the side of the road is something I didn't need anymore. I, I completely get that. I completely get that. I used to be that way too. I used to hate feedback. Toastmasters years, one of the top clubs in New York and uh, I never read the feedback. And, <laughs> and, and eventually I got good at receiving feedback. And every time I do an event and I have a website called Can I Improve? I ask people to give me feedback. Please give me feedback right away. It's anonymous and so forth. Even right now. So if anyone in the audience is listening to this, there's any way we can improve this, go to caniimprove.com. Leave me one minute of feedback. But it took me a while to, to be open to feedback, to be that coachable. And realize that everything that comes forward is a gift. And you mentioned just now, just, just that same thing. So what's said doesn't necessarily reflect on me. It just maybe some sort of thing you know, can optimized based on what's said. It's out there of sorts. It doesn't really come to me and you mentioned before too with the salesperson like that conversation if they're saying no to you it's not being no to you personally but big saying no to that offer or getting on a date for example so if she or he says no to you they're not saying no to you as a person they're saying no to that offer of going out on a date in that moment and if we, if we see life that being that way it's a lot less stress. <laughs> a oh, lot more. So much less stress. And, and yeah. I love that you say that because it, it was hard to take feedback, especially mm -hmm. negative feedback when it made me wrong as a being. And yeah. what I tell to, you know, if an audience listens to me, I tell them, I don't think there's anything that can make you wrong as a being. Mm 
you might be wrong about a fact or an idea or even maybe not even wrong. It's just not serving you in the moment or whatever it is, but it doesn't make you wrong as a being. I think you're wonderful as a being, no matter what your choices are. Um, some make your life easier and some make them more difficult. But the feedback is, I can take it in now. And one of the things I talk when I'm talking to leaders, I go, when do you want feedback? Now or at the end of the year, like for employees, when you want to give them feedback mm -hmm. or when you want feedback as an entrepreneur, um, your customer said, you know, the reason why I didn't buy from you is, wouldn't you want to know all that? Yeah, absolutely. Right, right now versus like three months from now or like yeah. a year from now. Yeah, that absolutely. is such a gift when yes. someone tells you why they didn't want to work with you. And you go, oh, thank, thank you for sharing that. That's wonderful. Meaning you actually have an opportunity to change that in the future. Amazing. Yeah, it's all, it's all a gift. That's incredible. Yeah. So Chris, how do people connect with you? So I know chrisnielsen.com, your email is chris at chrisnielsen.com. It's N-E-I-L. And, and of course, like, how do also they engage with your speaking skills um, work you do? Speaking skills plus, which is behind you. How do they engage with you and your training there in that, in that community? Yeah, thank you for asking. The a couple of ways. Um, if you're on Facebook right now, there is a Speaker Skills Plus page. I believe I have it public. Mm. <laughs> I'm not always one of my weaknesses. I'm not always the most organized person in the world. Um, but at Chris at ChrisNielsen.com, if you want a magic ticket, a golden ticket to experience Speaker Skills Plus, and that means come play with me for free, zero pressure. You will know. Oh, I love this, or uh, not for me. Either one's good. And you get a chance to play. So Chris at chrisnielson.com and it's N-I-E-L-S-O-N.com. Um, just visit me, connect with me. There'll be more at speakerskillsplus.com, but I don't know what's up there right now, actually. And uh, I know we did some marketing with it, but you can connect with me either way there. Also, I love working with teams and leaders or nonprofits. One of my favorite places in the world to work was Alzheimer, is Alzheimer San Diego. I guess we have Think One coming up in April. Um, where we worked with caregivers and teaching them the principles of improv, yes, and listen, be present. And just the, the fact, I'll give you a fast story from that. Yeah, please. Um, yeah, so we had a granddaughter in the room uh, that we were teaching yes, and to, and her, her grandmother had Lewy body syndrome, meaning she saw things that weren't there. And oftentimes there was a clash between granddaughter and grandmother. Um, grandmother would see something out in her granddaughter's car. And even it got to the point where she drug her grandmother out, opened the car doors and say, there's no one in there, grandma. See, there's no one in there. And they were just clashing. Yeah. And after learning yes, and one day they were doing dishes, looking out towards the street. And the grandmother said, oh no, there's a gorilla in your car. And the grandma, granddaughter looked over and said, yeah, that's my boyfriend. <laughs> um, and the grandmother looked back and go, what? And the granddaughter said, yeah, he likes wearing gorilla costumes. It's just his thing. <laughs> and, and she looked back and then they both laughed and connected yeah. versus fought going, no, there's no gorilla. It was, yeah, there's a gorilla and we get to laugh about it. Amazing. And that's how powerful yeah. it can be. Just one simple thing. I mean, especially during these times with COVID, it's so important that we laugh. Um, it's oh, yeah. So, <laughs> that's the most, uh, right now, I mean, we laugh a lot in the home. And for, fortunately, I did an improv class early last year that allowed me to like, tap into some of the music and dance I mentioned earlier, but doing improv and also, I mean, I mean, accessing some of the distinctions, the simple things here, we talked about here, not being attached to realizing that everything comes forward to us is a gift. Um, it's a game changer. It just releases a lot of stress, really opens people up to just being connected, to collaborate. And as families, as organizations, we all need more about these days. This is fantastic. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love to laugh. Um, and I love your reframing and making it a game. We get to we get to play this game of life. Yeah. <laughs> and that we, if you look at it that way, say, oh, yeah. my God, my life is too tough. What a difference it is. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I go, oh, my God, I have to do that. And then what do you, new choice, I get to do that. Yeah. I'm blessed enough to be able to be in that situation, be with someone where it sparks the energy and ideas pop like popcorn. That is so much fun. Yeah. And tomorrow's a new game too, the way we played a successor. Tomorrow's a whole new game. So why not? So however things wound up today, and you mentioned before also you end your day with thank you for the game that was presented to me. Thank you for today. And in seven hours, a new game begins. And how awesome is that? You know, it makes a huge difference. It thank is you. awesome. Yeah. Well, thank I'm, you. Thank you for this opportunity for this interview. Yeah, rules thank for, you. Rule, for our audience, rulesforsuccess.com. Access this. We'll also have a mind map summary on this. Chris Nielsen, chrisnielsen.com, N-I-E-L. You can also find him on LinkedIn. And uh, this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Joseph. This has been a pleasure for me as well. That's it for today's episode of rulesforsuccess.com podcast. But the journey to success is far from over. Join us next week for another inspiring conversation with a successful entrepreneur. Until then, remember to be bold, be courageous, and go after your dreams.